Hello everyone and welcome to the 19th episode of Korea Startup Podcast. Today we are with our co-host Lyda. Hello. Hello Lyda. And then we have four special guests. The first time that we bring so many people here. Yeah. Actually, last one was with two. So mm. I don't know what's happening now. A lot of people We're want to go. We're increasing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we have the pleasure to introduce Amy Lee, Tony Martinez, Cindy Park and Jack Jang from the People team of Seoul Robotics. You can give a small introduction of all of you. Yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Cindy Park. Um, I'm leading the People team at Seoul Robotics. And um, I'm one and a half years now with Star Robotics, and I'm very pleased to um, be here with my team, my gang. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Lee, uh, people major at Star Robotics. I'm the first female member at Star Robotics. And <laughs> thank you. And it's, it's been my, uh, I just passed my third year here at Star Robotics, so it will be my fourth year, wow. 2023. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> thank you. Nice to meet you all. And I'm Jack Jang. I am the community manager of Soul Robotics, and I'm responsible for uh, bringing, bridging the community together, whether it's internal or external, and hearing the needs of everyone and try to accommodate that. Yeah. And I'm Tony Martinez. I'm actually the newest member here at Soul Robotics. And so I'm originally from the US, uh, recently started about three months ago, almost three months ago. And I'm the recruiting manager at Soul Robotics. So I get to interview everybody at the very beginning of the recruiting process. Um, and I get to meet everybody for the very first time before anybody else, which is really, really cool as well. But also do some fun projects with my team, a little bit of marketing as well, which is always fun. And we do a lot at our startup, so yeah, very excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we all do a lot together. Yeah. Well, I think as you could hear, Tony is an expert here in podcasting, so <laughs> I hope he won't embarrass us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you kind of start explaining what is Soul Robotics? Okay, so we are a 3D LiDAR perception software company. So we have two major projects. Uh, one is a sensor product and one is the ATI. I think the ATI might be a bit more famous because it goes to autonomous driving. And I think that's um, more on the cool factor. Mm -hmm. But we also have great projects with the sensor eye, which is smart cities and smart factories. Um, when you think about subway in New York, when you think about uh, JFK airport, Chattanooga, um, we have almost the whole city uh, with our lighters. So these kind of projects goes into um, objection detection, but also pedestrian safety. But also here in Korea, I think we have very interesting um, projects with the government. Well, we can't share too much, but in overall 3D perception software. Okay. And which is the last series that uh, Soul Robotics got funded with? B. B. Okay, so we are talking about yeah, advanced startup. Yeah. How many employees are in total? 72. 72. So At the moment. But yeah, we yeah. expect to further growth. But we want to scale. So one thing is what we really make clear that we don't want to have a hyper growth. Mm -hmm. We rather would like to scale up. And we really want to put a lot of effort in the integration part. This is where Jack and, and Tony is coming in. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you can also introduce what is the people team, like the people department, and what do you do? People team really handle everything about people. So we recruit people and we help uh, all the members to onboard and settle down in the, each team very well. Each one of us plays a critical role for the people team. So it goes anywhere from HR, onboarding, payroll, recruiting, but even community, making sure that people feel like they're invited into our community at Soul Robotics, and we're still creating that as well. But given that we are a startup, 
Amy and Cindy especially, I see them every day, like doing so many different roles, but they're one person. So it's hard to define the people team because like we're so versatile with our skill sets and we're always having to learn as well. But uh, if I did have to define, like for me, it's recruiting. For Amy, how would you describe, I guess, your, your role specifically? Oh, when I first joined, it was 10-ish people. It's, it was 2020. And then we started to grow up with the project. So we started to hire engineers. Uh, our business team is growing. Our business ops team is growing. And now we have 70 plus people. Mm -hmm. So we did the hiring. We did the, the HR branding. And we also, I also helped with the, the visas and all the onboarding because people need to relocate mm -hmm. to the new country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of the first time that I hear like people team instead of HR department. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about the naming. Like, why do you call yourself like people team instead of HR? Um, I think that comes a bit from my perspective. Um, given my previous jobs, I think the main difference between people team and HR team is that when you, especially when you grow a company like a startup, you have different stages. When you hire, you have to create departments, you have to advise, you have to encourage, you have to stop. Um, the people team, from a, per, per definition, is saying we are working with people. And I don't like human resources because we, you know, during a year we all have periods where we have a lot of energy and sometimes we have maybe a bit less energy, but still we are contributing, we are coming to work and we would like to add value. So when it comes to growing a company and you define yourself as somebody who is working with people, it changes your mindset and it keeps you open-minded that you're not just working on tasks and you get things done no matter what. But sometimes you have to allow yourself for a bit, a, maybe a different course or a different approach in order to make the result happening. And, a, you know, that's more a mindset thing. Mm. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. It's true. It's also the first time that I hear it because I was I even thought that was like an unconventional way of calling it. Like, mm. I yeah, but no, apparently no. And <laughs> also, I think one of the interesting parts what Amy was saying that she was the first woman to join Cell Robotics, but now uh, you have way more women than before. And also, that's like regarding the diversity. How do you promote diversity as the people team inside Cell Robotics? What are some of the practices that you put in place and how does it evolve since you started and until now? And what are maybe the biggest challenges that are, are you facing nowadays? So Amy is really an ambassador for diverse hiring because mm. for a long time she was very closely on the recruiting part. So I think in a startup everyone is really important and it can't be easy being in a software company as a first female. Mm. I think... Um, Amy has a great talent to ask the right questions at the right time. And mm -hmm. um, when it comes to diversity, being curious, you know, um, what yeah. resumes would be forwarded, what, you know, how to maybe pitch even to the founders to say, might be a good talent to, to make us a bit broader and, and get us more attention, right, to get the talents. Because one challenge we face is, we are in South Korea. Um, we mm -hmm. had COVID and the lockdowns. We don't have the highest budget. We don't have all the resources. So it's not like you just apply for LG or Samsung, right? Our mm -hmm. reality is a bit different. So I think um, in the very, very early stages when it comes to do we want to be diverse, Amy did a great job. Given that the founders, I think, from the beginning said 
let's have English as our company language yeah. because we don't want to have a standard way. We would like to go a unique way. Mm-hmm. And the people who would be part of our team should be unique. Mm-hmm. So that's from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to add more words about English because I think speaking English as official language is the, the one of the highest strength in, the com- in our company. Because, for, for example, myself, I'm not a native English speaker, but so when I speak Korean, I need to think the, the manner and the nuance, how I say. But if I say something in English, I need to really focus on what I want to say, the meaning, the purpose, and what I want to communicate. And the good thing is our members all understand it because even though our uh, official language is English, they most of them, most of them are not English native speaker, so they understand that it's not like easy just to say whatever they want. So people usually like wait and really try to communicate with each other. So we are so used to like ask again or answer again or uh, explain again with the different words. Mm. So we are like very patient to each other. To add on to that, uh, with the hierarchy, with, say, a CEO, manager, or director in Korea, you, again, as Amy mentioned, you have to be cautious with the word and nuance you would say. But then we, with the English language, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we can speak casually. And then with that, it really encourages other members, regardless of their um, fluency, they can speak out, they can express their feelings, their ideas, or maybe disagree or agree with new ideas. And that's also very supportive because if you have a new joiner, but they're too afraid to speak up, no, there's be no progress. But now with being able to speak up, express ideas, it helps the growth of our company and also growth of the uh, our product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apart from the huge advantage that is talking in English in terms of globalization when the company wants to go global, I think what, that's one of the main problems that Korea has, that the lack of diversity in the startups as in companies is like an obstacle for them to then go global. So you have this already done. That's great. How many how many nationalities do we have? Fourteen nationalities. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also like part of diversity. Is <coughs> it something that you take into account when you are recruiting people? Uh, you always want to have a little bit of everything? Or is it something that you first put the skills and then, well, if it's from this country, okay, but I don't really care? It's a that's good first. question. Yeah, it's a recruiting question. So the cool thing about like my job as a recruiting manager and what they were doing also before with the recruiting process, but this is really what I focus on here at Soul Robotics, is that I get to hire and I get to look for candidates from all over the world. We're looking for specific skill sets, and uh, the skill sets that we need is so specific that it's hard to find the talent. So my... Uh, my job is pretty cool because I get to talk to people from everywhere. So like today I talked to someone from from the U.S. Yesterday I talked to somebody from Sweden. And last week I was talking from somebody from Mexico. And so it's very cool because I'm looking for the skill sets for sure. But that also takes me to different places around the world Mm -hmm. and even our candidates. So one of the other things that I really love is how we're using like LinkedIn as well to increase the brand awareness and so going back to diversity uh, we actually just posted the article that me and jack were working on uh, about elodie who's one of our business developers but she's also female she's also a mechanical engineer by her educational background as well and so we want to feature like hey you know it's not just uh it, I mean, it is a male-dominated field in the computer science world, but that's changing, especially, and we want to be more inclusive. And so 
with regards to the talent, uh, we look for the skill sets for sure. That's the most important thing for the role, but we're not limited to just Korea. Um, our talent is really global because we have offices in Germany, we have offices here in Seoul, uh, and then also the United States as well. Um, and so that really allows us to be able to, you know, work with people from different backgrounds, uh, educational backgrounds, um, and even non-traditional backgrounds sometimes as well. So, um, yeah, I, I would say like it's it's from the recruiting perspective, we're not limited is what I'd say because Korea is not even our main market mm -hmm. as well. It's really the whole world where we're trying to advance our um, solutions that we're providing with our technology. So, yeah. Yeah, I think like as as you were mentioning, having a diverse team is has a lot of advantages, but of course it comes with challenges. Like everyone is from a different country, different culture, different way of doing things. It's also the role of the of the people team to manage this company culture. What are some of the tools that you put in practice, or how do you ensure that everyone feels free to talk out, to speak up, and to have their opinion when there are so many different backgrounds? one of the challenges it sound might sound a bit of a um, visa mm -hmm. <laughs> so when it comes to to onboarding you know um, you make an offer and then you have the excitement of, of joining a startup and you're very much looking forward um, and then you are looking for a relocation and you know everything is a bit different here in Korea but beside that we also have to work on the visa so um, I mean for Tony it might be cool for us it's a little bit like okay when can a person start what is the paperwork and <laughs> I don't want to drop the excitement here but let's do the homework so it's a, like a lot of expectation setting and um, sharing a realistic timeline so that everyone who is relocating to South Korea would feel like welcomed but have a realistic picture of what are the next steps so um, that takes a lot of time and effort, um, I think, from Amy and especially from Jack to really update on what are the next steps, what is the timeline, what is needed, why is it needed to create that understanding, to feel like when people land in that country, they have, you know, it's not all new. It's kind of, I have at least someone I can ask. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not like we have all the answers and we have all the solutions ready, but at least they don't feel like they might feel less overwhelmed, mm -hmm. you know. And then um, from a team's perspective, I think from onboarding, we really work with the team leads and the teams, um, creating some understanding how important it is to not just get the laptop and here's your desk and here's a chair and this is your team because we are now 50 plus, I think 50 plus yeah. in the NHQ. I mean, there are a lot of people and a lot of Korean names and a lot of other names and who is doing what Fine, and yeah. you know it's just like and always remember here you find your coffee right so making it a bit lighter and then to say hey you are human we don't expect you to know all the names by tomorrow but yeah giving people time to just observe the new reality um, integration to add on forgive me if I do skip some parts but once they <laughs> if they do once they're uh, settled into the company we also have uh, each team each department has their own like uh, team outings. So mm -hmm. that's one way for uh, new joiners and also other members within the team to uh, get to know each other better, have fun. And also like in our office, we have like a karaoke machine and a Nintendo Switch so that people can like hang out, play games outside of work or if it's, um, you know, when there is time. Mm -hmm. But and also it's really difficult if you're always stuck within the same team because 
it's always the same uh, people, and there are other people, like there's 50 people in our office. So we now start to implement the cross-functional event uh, where we support members within a budget uh, where they can host an event in our Slack channel saying, hey, I'm about to host uh, event A. Who would like to join me? And then there's a minimum requirement, but uh, that's also one way for other members to get to know each other that's outside of their own team. And that's also one way for like to make them feel more included and also get to know each other more. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and let's focus on work and just mm -hmm. relax. Mm -hmm. Life is too serious, as uh, Cindy always says, life is too serious. <laughs> take a breather. Can, yeah, take, take a, a breather, have yeah. fun, and just try to enjoy life when you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, also that's that's I think that's one of the main challenges of the people team in general. Like how do we combine working hard and also having fun and being able to be yeah, relaxed. Because sometimes uh, if you're really friendly with someone, this person can get too relaxed. So how do you <laughs> handle that? Uh, did it ever happen that someone was way too much relaxed and you had to like, hey, uh, we are working? Yeah, I never had that problem. I, I'm German. Um, I make a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about that later. We're gonna talk about. I mean, that. we are very diverse in our team, but I think even when you make jokes um, and you know, laughing can help a lot of to de-stress and to say we are not saving uh, saving lives here. Mm. We do important work, and of course, it's a business, right? That must be the ground understanding. This is work, um, and for a lot of members, it's maybe the first job. So they're very interested in driving their career and they would observe everything like a sponge mm. and want to grow and are curious. And they don't have maybe, th they are not there yet to, to start to realistically put it in a timeline. They are just doing everything because mm -hmm. they want to grow. Um, but when it comes to being too nice, I think experience gives you a kind of, not aura, but I think our team members, I just talked to my, about my team, I think they know when I'm I'm serious and focused on work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So without being rude, it's just you get into this focus modus and people recognize that and this is the balance. Maybe. But I, I guess that takes time, no? Like they have to mm. first know you and then they can more or less know how do you behave. Do but you need time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, because like it's, it's so true that the culture between Korea and Germany, for example, is so different. Yeah. Like they, yes. The way uh, that <laughs> how direct German people are is really sometimes can, Why are you? <sighs> <laughs> can be felt as really like aggressive for some Koreans. So also mm. like how do you manage that at the beginning? Yeah, actually, I can talk a little bit, and then I think me and Cindy both have thoughts on this, right? Yeah. So we talk <laughs> about this all the time. So me, me and Cindy in our one-on-ones. I think German and Western culture in general can yeah, be very similar with like being direct. Spanish, uh, U.S. Yeah. from Spain. I mean, we I'm put not some jokes in the middle. But yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, even in Spanish, like, I'm very direct as well. So I'm so used to the directness. Um, and I think in Korea, as I've lived here previously for t two years before that, I was an English teacher. So I first got exposed to Korean culture by hanging out with Koreans. So I had an understanding of somewhat of an expectation going into Seoul Robotics here in Seoul, South Korea, but then working in reality. It can be difficult sometimes to, like, how do I phrase this in a way that's not going to come off as offensive? And that's the other interesting thing about working at an international company is because you have to always be conscious of those around you 
just because I can handle feedback directly because I'm used to it from my American working culture doesn't mean that somebody else may be comfortable with that as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can come in with the understanding and maybe, and this is something that we're always working on, is always constantly trying to be inclusive, but also trying to be aware of the culture and making sure that we kind of blend it and make it our own. And so I think it's really amazing that I can work with Koreans, Germans, French, and we have to understand each other in order to do good work. And so what I'm trying to get at is that it's interesting to see how things are changing for the better. Every single day we're trying to provide more training so that we can make sure that even our leaders or directors are aware that please provide feedback because feedback is so important. And I don't know, maybe Amy can talk a little bit more about like the feedback. It's mm -hmm. like we're not trying to make you feel bad. We just want to make sure that you're aware of where can you improve? What are you doing well? Uh, because that's what I'm used to. It's if I'm doing something wrong, tell me. I want to know. I don't take it personally. I just take it as you are just trying to look out for me and you're just trying to make sure that I'm going in the right direction or I'm learning the right things or I'm focusing on the right task. So I'm used to the direct feedback, but I think in Korea it's different. Mm -hmm. um, Cindy, Amy, if you guys have anything to add. You want to start? Yeah, maybe which type of dynamics or activities do you use to give feedback to others? Uh, so for the feedback, uh, we have some uh, anonymous uh -huh. uh, survey that they can submit the, their feedback. And also in general, we encourage members to ask questions. So let's say I feel frustrated that I hear something, but I guess it's not their intention then I would go to the person and ask, hey, I don't want to make any misunderstanding here, and I want to just cl clarify. Maybe I, maybe we just understand differently because of our background. Mm -hmm. And then we sit down, we talk together. Then there was no bad intention that you want to hurt someone or you want to make someone embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I think that culture encourage others to ask questions and to be honest and to ask questions really helps us to like solve these challenges. Mm -hmm. And and maybe to add, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of direct and I prefer that. Um, but before I lived in, in Berlin and also I, I worked in the US and Berlin is such, such a diverse place that I know, I made that learning already in, in yeah. previous uh, <laughs> jobs, how to, to wait for people and how to observe. Mm. And one thing, what what works very very good for me is like assume good intent even if you have a mm. maybe you have a bad person in front of you but for your own state of mind and, and your peace peace of mind assume good intent and mm. then it will help you to create curiosity what could be someone's motivation what is someone someone else reality to behave this way or to to have this approach giving not even bad but the way of working, the way of commitment, the way of asking a question, the way of silence. Um, what's very interesting um, to have a training here and to learn about the Korean society might be a bit more silent mm. in asking questions mm. to respect another's face or you know to to not overstep maybe a nunji hierarchy. So mm. this is their reality. So I'm not the person who has to judge that. I can wait and encourage people in, by reflecting that I'm curious about their opinion. So I would, you know, by by making sure they don't feel they would judge me and allow them to, to you know, share their point of view with me. So um, that's one thing. Jack? 
this is something Tony uh, pointed out and also noticed, catch, caught on early, is that ultimately uh, it depends on the results that you provide. So even if we have all the flexibility and we have the laughter and we have the gaming and everything, it's all about what you produce at the end of the day. So, so maybe you can take one hour of playing games or slacking off, but then at the end of the day, if, you're, if you've done your work and you've actually gone maybe above and beyond, but met the expectations, that's all that we ask for. We, we trust our members to be uh, too responsible with their role. And also the team leads uh, express their ideas and their expectations for them. And as long as we uh, meet that and also communicate clearly, I think that's what makes our company overall very successful mm -hmm. with the communication. And did you feel any improvement since you started implementing this anonymous survey? Because for me, and I, I never did it, and we also have a team, we never did it, but I feel it could have good sides and bad sides because at the end you're not being brave enough. So you're not really... Um, sending a message of we all have to give feedback because there's nothing bad with it. Why would it be anonymous if there's nothing bad with it? Of course, it can help other people speak up, no? But I don't know if you ever thought about it and this type of dynamic. Do you mean the well-being? Well-being and the uh, OHAN survey. Mm -hmm. So we collect the anonymous survey every month and every, qu every quarter, mm -hmm. but it can be anonymous or if they want to reveal their profile, they can, and we want to, so if we have these questions, we bring it to the team lead or the, our founders so that they can discuss, and uh, in the all hands meeting, the town hall meeting, they can share the answers to these questions, so everyone okay. maybe who may have the same questions can hear about the answers, and for now, it was acting properly, so... Some some people revealed them, and some people submitted anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> and until until now, people were satisfied with the answers, and <coughs> uh, founders take it, took it serious to discuss together. Okay. Mm. And I think this is what it makes makes it work that um, the founders took action. Mm -hmm. um, I remember during the first year when I joined and we really had some structural changes because we were growing, right? And you have to get departments in place and kind of a structure that um, with the quarterly survey we have, it's just simple four questions. So we don't want to have a long questionnaire where people are just getting annoyed. Mm -hmm. We have four simple questions just to, to observe and we don't even ask for the name because the name is not really necessary for us. We just want to have the honest feedback, how people feel motivated, how do they have everything they need, just because we know we do a lot of changes. And with these changes, mm -hmm. that can it could create some uncertainty. So we just want to track if this is within the team okay. without pointing fingers. It's just we know about the change. And we, in the town hall meetings, this is why we have that, we, know, we communicate the change. But this kind of survey should help us to track how people feel about it with just from a, from an honest perspective right and it's not less a specific um private or or anonymous feedback for one person it's mm. more for the company change okay, and how people feel on the speed on the change how it affects their work how it affects their projects just to make sure that nobody gets lost in translation or falls between the cracks 
or maybe doesn't have the right understanding about their own roles, right? Mm -hmm. If that happens, then we just want to be aware of it. So we can take actions or better the founders that we can work on a solution and not that it's just not seen and we would maybe lose a talent just because we were not aware of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the main purpose for these surveys. And especially last year, it really worked well. And I think members felt encouraged to to share where they fe felt some uncertainty and we could take actions and we could continue the course. I think it was very successful. Mm -hmm. And could you share which are those four questions? Maybe for any company that wants to implement them? Mm -hmm. Happiness, motivators, belonging and development. And also maybe um, going specifically in cell robotics, how would you describe the cell robotics culture? Amazing. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um, I think especially for Korea, it's very good. Um, mm -hmm. Working yeah. in Europe. Yeah, I have to say b before that just right after I entered in the office, I was amazed. Like I remember <laughs> Jack uh, said hello to us and it was just this moment that I felt so much calm and like good mood and uh, you also have like a kind of like a simulation of what you're building but yeah. in a really visual way so you just enter and you see okay these, these guys are building this is really visual so it was really nice and then the whole team was greeting us so yeah from up outsider per perspective it was amazing and now you can go deep <laughs> you, can, you can tell since Amy's been the longest she's probably seen the most change mm -hmm. um, I right. think when Amy started it was how many people Tennis people, but now we're a little bit over 71 people. I, I would say, like, because I'm the most recent here, from what I've seen in just my short few months here, it, it has been amazing. I already have the context of, like, knowing a little bit about the Korean working culture. It's mm -hmm. very, like, structured. Hierarchy is important. You need sense, dunchi, as they say in Korean. And I did not want to join a company that had that because I know I'm too direct. I'm too honest. And if I don't know why we're doing this, I need to ask. I need to understand. And if I can't, not for questioning, not questioning authority, but just like get, help me understand why we're doing this. If I can't do that, then that's not a company I want to join. So robotics is very what I'm used to, right? The ability to ask questions because I just want to know why. You know, what's the goal? How do we do this? What's the process look like? What if we do it this way? Having ideas and we share a lot of ideas. Um, in my past few weeks, I've asked other Korean workers who maybe have experience working at real Korean companies is like, do you feel comfortable asking your manager questions and trying to just to understand? Or maybe if you have a, if you think you have a better idea and you can logically share that idea, are you comfortable sharing that idea with your manager? And all of them had said, yes, I do. Um, and I think that speaks to the culture at Soul Robotics is because um, you, you have to be aware of that there's other cultures there as well and I really do enjoy it we you know we don't really monitor time we monitor results as Jack was saying um and even for me like I felt in my first few weeks like oh man I'm burning out like I need to take a break so I just started going on walks and this has now become a, a pretty big routine at four o'clock every day Oh, Everybody gets up, <laughs> and then we all just go for a walk. Oh, Sometimes half of the office is leaving. Half of the office <laughs> just leaves, <laughs> and we just go for a walk. Um, the intention is to step away from your computer, to take a break. In my mindset, I'm just so used to being able to take a break so I can come back, reset, and just feel better. And I think at other companies, it would be f seen as maybe like, oh, so you're not working as hard. Mm. But for us, it's more of like take the time you need, 
So because if you burn out or you don't have the energy, how are you supposed to work at your best, right? So it's it's also been really nice because then that's how we're actually able to connect with each other because we work in different teams. And so it's also part of the culture um, to make to be able to get used to each other, to get to know what, you know, what are you working on? Or, mm. you know, where, where are you coming from? Uh, especially because we're having a lot of new members come in. We want them to be included. So we're trying different ways. Um, it's always changing, improving, I would say, for the culture of Soul Robotics. But, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that. Maybe uh, on top of what you were mentioning about maybe asking questions to your manager, one of the things that Cindy said in our first meeting that I found really interesting is that you need to know the why of mm. the changes and why uh, are we going to do things like that, no? Mm. And sometimes you ask your manager or whoever's your, your boss mm. explanations, but it's not to uh, question him or to mm. say, no, I don't agree. It's just to know the why, no? That I found that really, really interesting. Yeah, that was, I think, the biggest learning in the first few months. Mm. Um, and that's why I said, I think our culture is amazing because my, you know, my manager is one of the founders and his, you know, his, he is Korean, right? And that's his reality. But still giving me the room to ask the why and to explain why I, I'm asking without feeling maybe offended or questioned, but um, allowing me the space to perform at my best and to use that for the company to create results, right? Not expecting me to maybe behave in a different way. I think we wouldn't be so successful as a team if he would not have said, you do it your way, okay? Mm. I give you the room, I give you the space, and as long as it works, go for it. Um, that was, I think, one of the first conditions or the, the base, of the foundation of how we can build up this team and how we can maybe give an example. But again, all teams are really great and they, f they find their own ways of how we work together mm -hmm. and integration should come natural. So when Tony joined and he was going on a 4 p.m. walk, um, if, if it fits for me, I'm happy to join, but usually it doesn't. But there are other members and now half of the office is going for a 10 or 15 minutes walk mm. and people come back, you know, refreshed with a coffee, with a cookie, and they are maybe more efficient in the hour after the walk than just being maybe in front of the laptops, right? Um, we are all adults and mm. we trust our members. I think trust is what comes from the founders you know the best how you have to schedule your day, how you have to schedule your week. I'm not looking at the, you know, how many minutes you have, maybe a walk at the end of a week. What are your results? We trust every member to want to contribute. Mm -hmm. So you have to find your own path and the, the, the waves where you are maybe very efficient. And that's what matters. That was the business makes successful. Mm -hmm. So trust um, and room for being different, mm -hmm. I think. Maybe also regarding these team buildings, for example, going walk at 4 p.m., um, something that I think is really special from Zero Robotics is the events that you are managing. Uh, Jack is in, in charge of organizing them. I would like to ask which are these type of events and which role those uh, events play in the mood of the team and maybe then your perspective of how do you feel about them? Yeah, so when I first started off, um, during my interview with our COO, uh, he asked he asked me, what would you do? How would you organize, say, a lunch plan, a lunch, a team lunch? 
And then I was a bit confused by that question, but I answered it. And then it turns out he wanted to provide a, a project for me to host a five-year anniversary party in our office. And it was my first time to host a big event like that in the office. So I tried, after many uh, brainstorming, I came to the conclusion of having several games, like a uh, trivia question, guess the music, and then also, like, uh, that's when I suggested having a Nintendo Switch to also help uh, the relaxation. He's so proud about it. <laughs> suggested. <He's> suggested. <laughs> Quote, unquote, suggested. <laughs> yes. It's your main but, goal. <laughs> but ultimately, I think with what uh, it started off with the fifth year anniversary party, and it really helped uh, boost morale. Mm. It really brought everyone together and really um, made everyone happy. It was the good food, good time, good games. And then... We had the Christmas party, which I believe is a bigger, more successful event than the five-year anniversary because uh, the five-year, we had it in the afternoon, so not many family members were able to join. Mm -hmm. But with Christmas, we changed it to evening, and now more family and friends were able to join. And then more, it, we had a secret Santa. People who mm -hmm. wanted to join were able to join. Everything is option optional. We are not enforcing anyone to join. But regardless, like we had at that time... 50 members, but we had a combined total of 70 plus people who came that were internal and external together. And we had like a game machine, like a dart machine. And then we brought a karaoke machine. Nobody <laughs> got hurt. Yes, no one got hurt. That's important. <laughs> we got a karaoke machine. We had the gaming room and uh, separately. And then Secret Santa and uh, trivia questions regarded, uh, related to Christmas. So that was a really engaging, fun moment for everyone. And then uh, after that, we decided, hey, we should open, um, we should host a open day at our office. So last month, I reached out to some of the people who are very interested in us, saying, hey, we are about to host our open day. How would you feel about joining? And we, many people were very positive, uh, responded very positively. And we had 30 plus, around 35 plus mm -hmm. people came to our office. And they were just very happy and satisfied that we, were, uh, we unveiled the mystery of soul robotics. Um, we, yeah, exactly. Uh, we had many, and most of the people who came by were engineer, engineering backgrounds. So they were very happy with what we were working on, that we unveiled to uh, them what we worked on. And so... Great questions. Exactly. We had, they had a lot of good questions. Seriously, they were asking. Mm -hmm. So it was very engaging. Mm -hmm. And with that... Uh, event, we were able to also exp uh, expand our branding on LinkedIn, saying, hey, we, po uh, we hosted our first open day. It, gra it grabbed the attention of other people, and we definitely want to, moving forward, we want to also invite other people who have shown interest in us before. And that's in the pipeline this year. And I think it was uh, mon on Monday, we had students from Koch de Min. I'm sorry if I uh, mispronounced <laughs> this. It's French. Please don't kill me. <laughs> um, uh, so they are from a very prestigious school. Uh, my colleague, LED, she was the one who hosted it, but I also helped organize it. And they also came by, showed interest at, uh, in our company because um, they are engineering school, coming to an engine, uh, software company, and we explained everything uh, we could. Mm -hmm. And the feedback was great. Everyone loved it. And we have more upcoming from engineering schools. And also my, my school, uh, my university, they came by in December, also asked about like the business perspective of our company, which we were more than happy to uh, welcome them and explain. So yeah, it really helped boost our, our uh, branding and LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, especially last year, um, together with uh, the founders, we updated our principles mm -hmm. um, in preparation. Um, so we had last year, we also had the investment going and we knew that we would grow the team. And with this growth, we were looking into, you know, how do we define ourselves in this new stage? And that's when we um, did some workshops sort of to redefine our principles. And we know that we create a new technology um, that is very challenging. So we know that our that um, our talent pool, the people who would be able to work with us on the projects are limited, right? Mm. So that's why we do these events and um, Jack is doing a great job in sharing visibility, right? It's not like we want to pursue people and we want to say, hey, here we are. But I know that young talents, they are curious about and very selective where they apply. And I like that. Um, so what we would like to achieve is sharing our principles because we have high expectations. Our bar is high because the technology is new. Mm -hmm. So it's not just being an engineer and you can you can join our robotics. This is not our reality. So we have sometimes candidates with great work experience, um, so committed, so dedicated, but not with the right skill sets. So that limits. But on the other side, we would like to share our principles, our how is the daily work life looking with us to share that visibility so they can do their research and to say, okay, mm -hmm. so robotics would be a place where I think I can grow personally and professionally. Um, and then they can decide to maybe apply. So that's the basic. It's not just, you know, making us, making HR marketing. It's like answering questions um, great talents might have over the weekend, right? And they might be, they think it might be a stupid question. So they don't ask us, but maybe it's a good question. So we just want to share visibility mm -hmm. um, in, in order to encourage them to say, that's the place we are. If you like it, come. If not, also good, because there are other companies. And, you know, um, when you work 40 hours plus um, in a job and, and you really try to, to put your energy in it, then you should have some growth, right? And the stress itself comes from, I think, the self-motivation. I also want to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we even have to direct our members in focus on one thing because when Jack joined in July, the party was in August. So it goes back to why are you doing this, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm not micromanaging. So I explained to Jack, this is this is the frame and this is your budget. And he really tried to extend it, but we didn't. <laughs> so but I said, okay, this stage is yours, right? So try to it, you know, project management. How would you approach? What do you think you need? When do you have to order it? When do you have to update the team? And he of course he was overwhelmed, right? And it's 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 the first time, of course. But Asking for support, asking for information is part of a project management. So it's instead of telling him, oh, you should do this, I was just, you know, observing how he did and he did great. So mm. only when I <clears throat> thought it would be necessary, and I think also Amy, we just asked questions and he was like, oh, yeah. Mm. And then it, it continued, but he really was more confident in leading the whole project and to say, I need to ask those questions because I need to know this information. Hmm. And if I don't ask, nobody will come and tell me, yeah, that's right, because I'm not, you know, this is not a playground. 
this is work. You need an information, ask me, okay? And if I can't answer, I help you to find an answer. But I think over a course of six months for the Christmas party, he was already so much more experienced and you know exactly what to do, when to update. Um, now the open days, he is totally able to run such an event, be inclusive and like you felt when, when you both came to the office, right? Mm -hmm. you, you felt that Jack welcomes people because this, he knows this is his office and he mm -hmm. knows exactly how to welcome somebody um, with these principles and with his own expectation to perform as a community manager. This is not for me. This is he understands why. Mm -hmm. I think. Do you know how how I call people like Jack? <laughs> I call them vitamin vitamin people. Because <laughs> 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 you know these people that are always bring good mood to everyone. Give you energy. Like vitamin people, like literally, <laughs> it's crazy. Just look at you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> everything <laughs> will be fine. <laughs> and I think you spread this image everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for <laughs> that. Uh, from now on, you can yeah. introduce yourself as a vitamin people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, to add on to what Cindy said about um, raising awareness and also showing what we are focusing on, Tony and I were working also on LinkedIn uh, live page and also uh, we started working on writing articles. So with the live page, we first started off with um, introducing the people team and now we introduced the uh, uh, the engineering team, especially the team leads of the engineering team. And that brought a lot more attraction because, of course, our demographic is, are uh, software engineers. And so that definitely helped. 60-40. Exactly. Exactly. 60-40 ratio of engineers and non-engineers. Hmm. So that definitely helped bring more attraction to our LinkedIn page. And then we also, Tony and I, worked on the article for LD. And uh, we it talked about her background, her, what she studied and then eventually how she ended up here in Solarbox and what her role is. And that also really helped gain, uh, boost the uh, attractions for our company. Mm -hmm. And that will continuously uh, work on to up upload more articles based on our different employees, especially software uh, engineers. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I think um, like these stories that you guys are listening to right now of all of the initiatives that we've worked on is because of the culture that we've built. Uh -huh. So I think one thing that Cindy has done, I've told Cindy this in my one-on-ones, is that she does a really good job of empowering people and making people feel like their opinion matters and that she gives us the space and the confidence and the trust to be able to take on these initiatives. So Jack, as he runs all of the events, me, as I work on recruiting, if I have ideas, Cindy's okay with me to share those ideas and even implement those ideas as well. And so I think we've all taken different pieces of like value from Cindy and working with her. And so she's made a huge difference in the culture of Soul Robotics. But I think one other thing to add is our team is special. And the reason for that is because we have to work with everybody. Yeah. And so I think because of the way that we work, I think other people are seeing how comfortable we are, but how much impact we're having as well. And I feel really proud of the work that we've done already. And so with like the LinkedIn page and, and, and the live page and the article, like this is ideas that me and Jack were able to do. But because Cindy was like, if you think it is going to do well, then go for it, you know, and, and, and knowing that we have the liberty to be able to do that as well. And so I feel incredibly proud. And I've even told Amy, like, it's impressive that you've been here for like three years because yes. that's crazy. Like at a startup, especially because so yeah. much happens all the time and to go from like 10 people to like now over 70 people, like that's insane. 
Um, and I also talked to a lot of the more like junior people as well that have been here for a long time, maybe two years, but maybe it's their first job. I've been lucky enough that I've worked uh, at different companies in the U.S. And so I've been able to see different processes. I've been able to see it at like some of the highest levels just because it's like at more established companies. Coming here, I always told people the amount of autonomy and the amount of trust that people have in you despite your younger age, your lower years of experience, but you guys are still executing at a very high level. That doesn't really happen at some of the bigger companies because you're working on just like one process. Here you have so much power, so much influence, and people actually trust that you can do the job, even if you're like 25 years old, 26 years old. Like these, this type of opportunity doesn't happen. And for me, it was like a huge shock because I was like, wow, I get to help shape the future of Soul Robotics from different perspectives, recruiting, marketing. That is amazing. And then for, for our team, like we have a direct impact to shape the future of the company. In, from the people operations, but maybe even more so as well um, because we have to work with everybody. And so our ideas, we actually get to think about it, but then implement it as well. And so I always share that with our business developers as well. It's like, that's amazing. You get to like do business in this country, in this country, in this country. And then sometimes like, I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You're doing the right thing. Like you're learning as you go. You've been here for two years. You've executed on this, this, this project. Continue to do that because you've proven it to yourself and you can do it again. So your age shouldn't matter, but as long as you continue to learn and grow, um, I love, I love, I love to see like how we are all able to like learn from each other as well. So it's been amazing the last few, almost three months, but feels like three years already. <laughs> yeah. How important is uh, to know the result of your work to, for for the motivation, right? Because I've talked with many people that work in corporates and their main problem was I'm working, but I don't know where my oh work my goes God. to. Oh. And that has to be so frustrating. Like I'm all day working, but it's like insignificant mm-hmm. for the size. And because also they, no, no one tells you, hey, you did a great job on this. No, you're not accountable for what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, really important. great question and something that me and Cindy also talked about. So me and Cindy, because we're very open, we've had a lot of these conversations of how can we feel appreciated as well. And so, like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the five love languages. Um, no. It's a test online that's, it started as for like your love language from your romantic partner, but then it's also been transferred to more of like a cor- corporate or work setting of how do you receive appreciation, basically. Okay. And so there's five different love languages. It's words of affirmation, um, physical touch, uh, gifts. quality time, gifts. gifts, and then acts of service. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. all saying, how do you feel most appreciated? For me, my number one love language is words of affirmation. So what you were saying before, it's like, how, how do you feel, know that you're doing a good job? If somebody tells me that I did a good job, I know I do a good job, but it's always nice to hear, like, by the way, that project you helped me with, it really helped me a lot, and now we're able to execute at a higher level. Um, like, my second love language would be probably quality time. So if you spend time with me, if we're doing a project together, thank you so much, because I really needed the help. So Cindy's been really helping me a lot, because because of all the attention we've been getting, the recruiting process has gotten a lot busier. And so Cindy's been doing a lot of the screening and helping me a lot as well. That has made my day so much easier as well. So being able to recognize like how you feel most appreciated, mm-hmm. that has been really critical for, for me specifically, but I'm sure for others as well. Um, but I think in regards to the, the culture overall, I think that's something we're still working on as well as like to make sure that people feel appreciated because our team is has our own culture as well, and we're a little bit more open than maybe other teams as well, but it's always improving. It's always getting better. So I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that with how do you feel appreciated or 
how do people feel appreciated at Soul Robotics, I guess. Did you do the test? Though? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Uh, You're going to be sure the, the, the results later. It's act of service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care service. about words. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't do the test, so I don't have anything to add on mm -hmm. the, these test things. But, I mean, about the appreciation and, like, how our teams are doing, I just realized that, I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I'm feeling that we're repeating again and again, but I want to uh, say that our team is amazing. And I'm not the one who is very used to the appreciation or ask questions at the very first time when I start a job. But, but I'm starving for the growth, and that's the reason I joined the startup. And if I think of myself and when was the, my like, highest growth, and it was always like when, new, when we have new joiners. And when Cindy joined, I learned from her that I need to be proactive and how to ask questions with like hurt without hurting someone. And when Jack joined, I, I learned that how to welcome people so that people really feel welcome and feel integrated. And when Tony joined, I know how to say the appreciation and how it affects the team and how we can like communicate well and grow together. So. <laughs> And if there is something that surprised me a lot from our previous meeting, and this one also is like you are constantly complimenting each other. <laughs> Every <laughs> sentence you talk good about someone else. And that's something that I, I it's like, oh, wow, like again, and again. <laughs> that's great. Like for a team, that's awesome. And yeah, you want to say something? Um, yes, maybe, maybe to add the reason why is um, I think it's important when you work in a startup and there is there is you know it's not a book like you just open and then mm -hmm. there's a how-to list um i worked also in a big company i worked at airbnb and great place but you are exchangeable at some point of course you matter for your colleagues you matter for the people mm -hmm. but you are exchangeable um when you know that every day's work can contribute to the company's success then you identify yourself a bit it's kind of an entrepreneurship thinking mm -hmm. so when you when you start to share appreciation it's like of course we have bad days of course we have you know, <laughs> mistakes right <laughs> that's one way um, to say it <laughs> i didn't <laughs> so these things happening so it's um i think what's important for me to focus on the good things because not every day is good. We we make mistakes. We sometimes we have to correct our course, mm -hmm. and that's okay. But when it comes to mindset, if you start to think only about your mistakes or what you could have done better or what you could have done faster, then you will. I think that's my really my opinion. Mm -hmm. You will destroy your confidence. Mm -hmm. But you can't perform if you start to question yourself, mm. or when you start to question your colleagues. So, this appreciation goes into. I know you will have hard days. I know sometimes I have a hard day, but at the end, let's focus on what we can achieve, how we can support each other. So steady, 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 but that's how we, with that commitment, over a course of time, we will be successful, right? And nobody has to question themselves just because there was a mistake. If you're afraid of making mistakes, you can't be successful. That's, mm. I think, where this is coming from. 
but um, that's just because we are recorded. We also do... <laughs> no, but, but also in the last meeting, we weren't recorded and you were complimenting each other a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think it's a mindset, yeah. um, but we also share what I really like. Uh, we share our mistakes. So mm, even yeah. from when something does not go the best way possible, we share, so we mm. learn from each other. And I think one time... Uh, it's no time if you do the, uh, the mistake a second time, maybe better learning next time. Yeah. But mm. it's okay, right? So, um, in, you know, I think from, from our team's perspective, Amy's biggest ability is to really calm us all down. It's yeah. like, mm. Amy is like kind of a, you know, the, 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 the island where you can go and you just... <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a walk? A walk now? Now? No? Now? <laughs> you know, um, with the three years, I mean, the company, so Robotics is now six years, and Amy is with the, the company's three years. She has seen a lot of things, a lot of changes. She can put, she can help to put things into a perspective without putting herself into the first place, you mm -hmm. know. She has a great ability to to be brave to ask the right questions, also for yourself, maybe a question you maybe don't like, but she is like, hmm, you can just think about it, you don't have to answer, and it feels like, but um, it helps you, it really helps you to calm down and to say, okay, I just feel it's a bad day, but it's okay. So um, that, just for our team, mm -hmm. that was a great ability. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we can see it here. I don't even have to say <laughs> that they're always complimenting <laughs> each other. One thing that I think is one of the keys of such a great culture that you have is the recruitment process because it's really difficult to get a really good culture if there are people that don't fit uh, or are not that professional or are not that invested or not that skilled or whatever. No, So I want to know who are you looking for and what are like the main specific things that you look at when you are trying to hire someone, especially because we have uh, interviewed a, lo uh, a lot of startups already and many of the founders told us that uh, the applicants always listen to the podcast to know more about the company. So it's really likely that people that are going to apply to Cell Robotics will be listening to this and you can help them for the effort of listening <laughs> to this. Yeah. What are some of the secrets to convince you? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, so that, that was the thing. So I'm used to hiring the software engineers, the program managers, the PhD, UX designers, et cetera. But these are for massive companies because before this, I was working at Facebook. And then before Facebook, I was working at Microsoft. We're hiring generalists. Mm -hmm. So just general skills doesn't have to be very specific. So robotics is completely opposite. As Cindy mentioned, um, our technology is very new and we're trying to do such innovative technology that it requires people that have some experience in this field. And so right now, the, the roles that we're hiring for are mostly software engineers. We do have some non-technical um, roles like a business developer in the US, which is you know increasing sales, finding new business. But really where I focus, probably 90% of my time is um, reviewing, interviewing, uh, screening candidates for our software engineer roles. So some of the roles would be like software engineer algorithms, software engineer, um, so like a DevOps engineer, um, senior software engineer, autonomous driving, perception technology, so like computer vision. Um, some of the most common traits that I need to, to be able to see on the resume, definitely C++, mm -hmm. um, because our coding language is done in C++. Um, as well as um, for the specific role. So like, let's take algorithm, for example, which is something I've had to learn a lot recently, computer vision algorithm. It can't just be any kinds of algorithms. 
you need to have some experience specifically with computer vision algorithms. So our technology is 3D perception technology, which means that our software works with the LiDAR companies that we partner with, and it needs to be able to detect if a car is moving at this speed and then a pedestrian is here, how long does it take to get from point A to point B? That's for just perception. You need to be able to, the software needs to be able to accurately detect the distance, but also the time, the velocity, but then also in reference to if the ladder's here, there's another ladder there, there's another ladder there, Oof. there's another ladder there. You need to be able to come up with the algorithm so that all of this is synced, so it's giving the, the accurate data. The reason for that is because a lot of the smart city projects, um, as well as some of the um, businesses that we work with, expect high quality. So you, we need to be very accurate, and so it can't just be a general software engineer, it needs to be very specific. Actually, um, one of your main partners is uh, VMW, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we can... Jump <laughs> in. Yeah, I think we can talk about that, right? About that project? Yeah, yeah. last time. Yeah, uh, I can share about that project. So that project is for our autonomous driving uh, project. So we call it ATI, Autonomous Through Infrastructure, which means that we put the lighters all over the space and then that's what's sending the information to the car mm -hmm. and that's how the car is able to see around it as well. So what we did there is we installed 200 lighters, which I think is the world's largest like right. space of lighters intersection anywhere in the world. And we're using our software to have the cars automate the process from the time that they get finished to the point of where they need to get parked. And okay. we're automating that process. And so we're continuing to expand on that technology right now. Um, the goal is to have a level five autonomous driving, which is the highest level of autonomous driving. It basically means that the car, no matter what happens, will be able to detect anything around it. If there's an almost, if an accident will almost happen, the car needs to be able to make the decision or the software in the car um, with lighter technology needs to be able to make the decision to save the life of a human or, or to avoid an obstacle. Um, so it's, it's so hard because you have to be aware of so many different factors. Um, some of the other skills we're looking for is 3D, um, 3D mapping, localization, segmentation. Pads mapping, uh, tracking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and like even if you have experience in drones, mm -hmm. preferably vehicles, vehicles, because that's another thing. The size of a drone to the size of the vehicles, this is mathematically, it's totally different. Um, so preference in vehicles as well. Um, other than that, I would say... Um, we're open, we're always open to different profiles, right? So if you're coming from like, let's say NASA, there's a, there could be some overlap. It's, it is space, but there are also a heavy mathematics involved. So having a ma mathematics background, data science, et cetera. So it hasn't been easy. Um, another role is senior motion control engineering, which is if the car is moving this way, what is the speed of velocity of the vehicle tires? And then the control engineering, how long does it take when the car presses the brake in order to stop? And okay. this is a design using development skills, but also design architecture, technical design. To find this person hasn't been easy, but um, you know, I'm getting better at my job by being able to better find the candidates, the right candidates. Because like Cindy said earlier, we have so many qualified engineers for so many different kinds of engineering roles, mm -hmm. just not for our roles specifically. Mm -hmm. So. I've taken a few weekends to educate myself on what is deep learning, what are neural networks? <laughs> because if you're, if the thing I've learned is that if you're asking the wrong questions, you get the wrong answers. Mm -hmm. If you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. So if I know exactly what to look for, then I'm able to dig a little bit deeper and ask these engineers these specific, specific questions 
my background. It's recruiting, right? But it's also, I have a bachelor's degree in political science. I don't have a technical background specifically to talk with engineers. That's changed so much since mm -hmm. I got to Soul Robotics. Now I'm able to talk a little bit more in the technical um, environment just because I've had to sit with our engineers. I've had some conversations with them. Can you teach me what a, the difference is between a DevOps engineer and an MLOps engineer? Or what's a site reliability engineer? What do they do? What's the differences and what's the same change. thing? Like it's our roads are changing. So Yeah, and our roles are always changing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, our roles are changing just as we have new demand as well. So then I have to learn that role. So. I think right now I'm hiring for 12 different roles, so I have to ask 12 different kinds of questions um, with over f so many different candidates right now in the pipeline. So if- 43. 43 candidates right now <laughs> in the pipeline that I'm managing, scheduling, Such interviewing, screening. Um, but I'm trying to find the most efficient way for that works for me. Mm. And working at a startup has been one of the biggest learning curves for me in the best way possible. So every time a candidate asks me, what are some of the things that you can say about Soul Robotics? And I can say it's very challenging, mm -hmm. but in the best way possible because mm -hmm. you're forced to learn and you have to be okay with sometimes things change all of a sudden. I'm very realist. I'm very optimistic. And so that's helped me a lot. I don't expect perfect right now. In my mindset, coming to Soul Robotics is like, it's a startup. I'm used to perfect at Microsoft and, and Facebook where the process is given to you. Just focus on that. Here, I was like, whatever happens, happens. I just need to know... What do you expect me to do? What are the resources? Can you help me? And are you okay with me asking questions? So That's all I ask. Yeah, one example is, I mean, Tony is now in his third month, right? Mm -hmm. And the first month he was like, yeah, everything is cool. Everything is fine. <laughs> I get more understanding, which is true. Second month, we had, you know, a bit more landing in the role. Now in his third month, um, it was morning and I said, hey, Tony. And he was like, what's the change? <laughs> 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 so, you know, it was, I just wanted to say hi, you know, hi, Tony. And, uh, we have so many changes, you know, on defining a role and make it very specific just mm. to really, you know, to 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 attract the right talent, to say this yeah. is the best visibility we can also give to our candidates. But, you know, it was like, what's the change? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was great. I like it. Yeah. The workload is getting heavier, but our process is becoming more defined, <laughs> which makes it a lot easier to understand how to it's move it's forward. It's never lighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regarding that, uh, like, the recruitment is a challenge for all companies in yeah. this world right nowadays, but especially for you, it's going to be really challenging. And as as much as you grow, it's going to be even, even more and more and more and more challenging. What are your future plans? For example, would you start educating uh, some engineers that maybe don't have any experience just to be able to hire them? Or what is your 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 strategy? Because at the end, you're going to have to do something now. Yeah, to grow and in innovate. So... Um, yes, we would love to, to really have 100% uh, internships, right? Um, mm. But this is not our reality yet. Um, we tried short-term internships and we didn't have a good experience because it's just our software is really complicated to even understand what's happening on a code base. So when you read the code, it's not easy to understand. Um, mm -hmm. And especially young professionals, when they are still um, students and they're still learning, it's, they look at the screen and they're like, oh, It's like this? eight weeks or 12 weeks is simply too short to to understand and to contribute. And this is, engineers, I have the feeling they're very special 
you know, when they have a cool project, they want to contribute. Mm -hmm. They want to say, I did something. Mm. And the feeling of overwhelming yeah. by by the amount of information, by the expectation, by our speed, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we we are a big company with all the resources and we do new technology. We are a startup with new technology. So it's not only the product, it's also the team's growth, the changes, um, how we work with our customers, how our customers request something from us, right? This is our reality. It would be great maybe in two years or maybe next year, at the end of next year, that we can have some internships where mm. we simply, not simply, but where we have the option to have interns shadowing. Yeah. Just someone observing, asking questions. At the moment, it's not our reality. So we decided to not have short-term internships anymore because the experience wouldn't be good. Yeah, and that's and it not consumes fair. a lot of time from you also. Yeah, mm -hmm. so long-term strategy, of course. And we are also working, I think, a lot of pre-work from Amy to really work with the labs at Kaist Hanyang mm -hmm. and yeah. Yonsei. Mm -hmm. <coughs> <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, we are working with the, with the labs to, to get, you know, visibility so that the students can maybe focus on during their studies mm -hmm. about the skills we would need mm. yeah. just that they know, mm. right? But at the moment, it's not our reality. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah, okay. and just to add on top of that, so that's another reason why I think the article that me and Jack are writing about gives more of an invite into what we're actually doing and what that looks like. So the open day, for example, Elodie and Evan, who are both business developers, they're still young in their career, but they've been here long mm. enough to understand the business. We're able to deliver a presentation on ATI, so the autonomous driving uh, business that we have. And then Evan was able to talk about the sensor side, which is the 3D perception technology that we have currently in the United States in the New York, Air New York JFK airport, the New York City subway right now, and then also in Chattanooga um, as well, and some other places around the world. Um, because of that presentation, I was able to understand even more to a highly technical degree of how that actually works because they went more into depth and it helped to educate me as well. But all of this is to say that the more that we're able to share and give a more open preview of our technology, it actually allows us to find the right candidates because if the right candidates are more aware of what we're actually doing, then those are the people that are gonna go ahead and apply and be like, instead of saying, hey, I'm a software engineer, I have backend experience, but you're applying for an algorithm role, it just won't be a good fit because you don't have the specific skills for this role. So I think that's been the aha moment is as we become a lot, as we have a little bit more time to do more like marketing or educational things, um, our YouTube videos, our LinkedIn posts especially, where I'm actually starting to see the amount of the correct candidates, like the right candidates that we actually need have actually started to apply more thanks to the more marketing that we're doing. And so it's all actually all tied together um, with the more uh, engagement that we're doing. So like the KAIS labs and um, the work Glassdoor. that Amy, KAIS, Glassdoor. oh, Glassdoor as well has been really critical as well. And um, who knows, maybe the US, if we can establish some partnerships with some universities in the US mm -hmm. um, with some labs there, um, because it's, I'm used to working with a lot of engineering students there. So maybe if you can partner with like an MIT or like a Georgia Tech or um, Stanford or something, that would be really cool because, you know, the engineering presence in the U.S. is already very, very strong mm -hmm. um, and always innovating as well. So, um, and that's part of the cool thing that I get to do is I get to work with a lot of different people from all over the world 
but I would love to, you know, continue to expand even more so in the U.S. right now. But, you know, still learning, still growing um, and just trying to do the best that we can right now. Yes, maybe um, to to revert back to the first question, what is a people team? I think on our different levels, we are kind of business partners to each department mm -hmm. from different angles, like from a recruiting, from an integration, from a, you know, how to land in the role, how to land in Korea. I think it's really like being a business partner because that also helps each department to understand the business needs and to reflect on that because that's constantly changing, right? And with our questions, maybe we can help each department to say, what do you need? What do you need in six months? Because if we wait, then it might be too late, right? Mm -hmm. um, so our questions might allow you to, to think about what is a strategy for six months or 12 months. And that's why it's great if we have candidates who are, are maybe curious to join us because we had a few candidates um, who joined us and in the first place we rejected them just because of timing, right? If you come with your skill set and we are not there yet, yeah. it wouldn't be fair. But if you speak one year later or six months later, we developed as a company, as a team, as a product, so you could use all your skills in order to perform mm -hmm. and make it even better. So that's, um, that's why we really love to, to talk to candidates who have a certain skill set and we are very transparent we are saying you have great skill set but we are not there where we could use it mm. and i think valuing a candidate's time and effort is the best thing mm. and to be honest and say hey let's talk in in six months let's talk in nine months because we are definitely in a different state or we are not there anymore but you know Definitely, we will have a different development. So that's something we really do, respecting a candidate. And that's when Glassdoor clicks in. I think it's important to share personal insights, again, for candidates to not just um, listening to a podcast or to, to, to check LinkedIn, right? It's also what what is the, the real words our members are using. And it makes a difference if you work in marketing, if you work in engineering, if you work in BD, you have a different reality, you have different expectations. And from the wording, I think candidates can sense this is real or this is fake or what is maybe in between the lines. Mm -hmm. And we don't force anyone to leave a review. We only ask to say, trust us. Candidates are looking on these platforms to have a better understanding what is behind because a salary is just once a month working with your colleagues in a work environment is what counts every day mm -hmm. so they they really look into it i think that's what tony is saying mm -hmm. yeah absolutely mm. wow there's so many things also now we can see this trend especially in korea i think it's happening a lot that uh, a lot of employees want to quit their jobs in like one year or two years mm -hmm. uh, how do you how does so robotics face this trend and also how what are your your techniques to keep people like for example amy for so long in a company what is it like your customer with no sorry your um employee retention, employee retention yeah mm -hmm. or what what made you stay here for so long time for example <laughs> that's a good question i mean when uh, before tony joined when i joined the interview i uh, many employee, uh, many candidates ask me the same question: Why mm -hmm. you're staying here, or what do you think is the best point of solo robotics? 
uh, there are many good points. That's the reason I'm staying. But the most thing is about people. Because mm -hmm. we are people team. We work with people internally or externally. Mm -hmm. But I would not say never, but I usually don't stress out because of people internally or externally, but it's more all the stress comes from the work. And mm -hmm. I think it explains a lot of things because we are really open to communicate. So no one hurts me with the bad intention, mm -hmm. but I can feel that everyone really wants to focus on the work and get the things done. And so, so if I make a mistake, we don't talk like why these things happen or why you did the things like that. But we are more focused on, so how can we solve this? Or how can we do better next time? All this environment, like working with these amazing people, makes me to stay and yeah, I d yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah can I add one more oh. and for the recruiting and for the retention we really try to be transparent because we don't want just people to join and they just realize that it's not that matching mm -hmm. and then they decide to leave is wasting their time and energy and also is wasting our time and energy and energy so we try to be realistic and very open and sharing our the real situation and i think it really helps to find a good candidate and when they join they they stay to add on to the people part uh, we really work together really well and there's no individuality in the uh, company because we grow together, our product gr grows together, our project grows together. So if one member does much better than the other, uh, it still contributes to the overall goal. And trying to like backstab each other, try to like stand out amongst the others doesn't really help yourself or help the company because uh, overall we need, we need to grow, the company needs to grow and trying to just stand up more doesn't really help with that. Mm -hmm. So without that, I think it also really helps with um, giving less stress for our members where we don't have to fear about uh, the colleagues maybe um, trying to overachieve because at the end of the day, it's all about teamwork. Yeah, when it comes to retention, um, we have, I think 30% um, of our staff with of our members three years plus with us, mm -hmm. three years, four years. Um, I think that's a good number for, for a startup. But especially, you know, we as a people team, we also look at where are our members in their lives? Are they fresh graduates? And they just go full force <laughs> into, I drive my career, I want to be on every project, I don't need sleep, I don't need something to eat, I just have to prove myself. <laughs> and everything I studied, I have to put it on the plate, right? But we also have um, members, they are married or they have a family and they're very, they have other balances, right? Um, so I think coming from, from the expectation, what, what do we expect for a certain role to look like? And if we are looking for a young professional, who is doing a lot of things because you know you know those members they have a lot of energy but we have 
other members, they really have to find the balance. Mm -hmm. So it goes into having clarity about what do we expect from different roles in which time frame. So everyone has kind of a safe workplace. Okay, so if I have someone who is having a family and have to pick up the kids, then I don't expect this person to behave like a young professional because these people, they gained already the experience, but they can help young professionals to grow and to, to balance the energy. So I think that's what Jack is meaning. Like we come as a team to make mm. it successful, but every individual is in a different state of life and we allow that. So we don't have the same expectation towards everyone. We, we see people and we say, okay, this is your priority, but other members have a different priority and that's okay, right? So um, I think that's very important to keep the retention, to say um, somebody wants to, to focus on the career, somebody wants to do a training, somebody, we sent one engineer from Korea to, um, to Munich because he really wanted to live in Germany and it, and it was a business need. Yeah, So mm-hmm. we didn't send him because we wanted to keep him. Mm-hmm. It was both and business need and he really wanted to live in Germany. So at the timing, when the timing was right, we did it. We didn't do mm-hmm. it just because he asked. We really looked into the timing, right? Um, so I think it's important to to listen to, to our team members, to share the insights where we are as a company and what the company needs, to, to set a realistic expectation, right? I can't, whatever expectation you have right now, I might not be able to do it with the next six months, but in 12 months, different story. Can you live with that? Yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and give yourself a bit time to, you know, get connected and work on the projects. And in 12 months, we are successful and we can realize. I think that's also kind of a motivation to say, you count to make this happening. Mm-hmm. So don't wait for others. If you want that, help us because you count. It's important. And that seems to work. Can I add one more sentences? So since we keep talking about our culture, atmosphere, amazing team, I was like thinking back like how this culture created at the very first time. And then when I first joined, when I think about that time, I think I believe that people people make culture and also culture make people. Mm -hmm. And that means when we have side note, we have four founders, and when companies first established, there are all, only four founders, and then new members join and they see and observe how these founders communicated, and then they create a culture, and then we other members join and they create culture, culture create members, and I remember one of the founders talked to us that be responsible, do whatever that you need to do. But there must be a reason. So talk, talk that, uh, share this reason to others. If it's reasonable, it's good to go. If other people think that there, there would be some other options that's more reasonable, then we discuss. Mm-hmm. Then we think like, what is more reasonable and for uh, to achieve our goal, what which one is better? We discuss and if it's better, then it's good to go. And it really helps. That's the the point that we create this kind of culture, be reasonable and be responsible. And I don't know, that's the secret of the culture or how we create it. I'd also like to add that two of our founders, 
they are also actively developing software. That's um, so important. Exactly, with, the, uh, with our colleagues. Mm. And it's very inspirational. And not only that, there are also very talented engineers working, which also inspires maybe new joiners and other engineers to think, to provide different perspectives. And now that I've, th I've been thinking about, um, I had a coffee chat with one of the engineers who said that, and I've been thinking about what he said, how he was inspired by other engineers, and he also wants to provide that kind of environment. And then I thought, have I ever experienced that in the people team or non-engineering team? And I actually think so. Like, everyone has been very supportive. Everyone has been able to, like, provide their feedback, share their insights, and it really helps me also learn how I can improve myself. So I think it's also really important that we help motivate each other to help grow, and it's really important that we have that. Hmm. Yeah, I think all your points are really important, but there is also another one that is that the company is growing, mm -hmm. and that's for sure also an incentive for people to stay, because if you see that a company is staying the same level or going down, you might, might feel a bit less motivated, but if you see that it's growing and growing and growing, True. you are also growing with it, so that's yeah. also great. Maybe before going to the last question that we always ask to all our founders, uh, the people that come here to the podcast, is there something else that you would like to say, like an open call to someone that might be thinking of joining or anything, or should we go for the last question? That's a good question. I think uh, I think if you're looking for a culture in a company, especially in Korea, that's very diverse, that will challenge you. And one thing I always tell candidates when they ask me the questions is like, what is it really like to work there? I always say it's challenging but in the best way possible because you have to be the person that's willing to be okay with change, but also willing to learn because you will have to learn in order to continue to improve, continue to do better, but it will really make a difference in your career because you will take on so many new skill sets. And that's what I talk to a lot of the, the junior uh, people that maybe this is their first company. I'm like, you're doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. You will probably wouldn't have this opportunity to do these, this high level of um, projects to influence the company from like the revenue perspective or the business side. Um, and so you actually do matter. And so for anybody looking to join um, Soul Robotics, the work you do is very critical. It's really important. And uh, you will make a huge difference, especially within this space, 3D perception technology and autonomous space, but even more so for your own personal career, it's, it's really has made an impact for me. I've had to learn a lot and had to even change the way I work. I was used to one way and here it's a startup. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's not the same yeah. as working at a bigger company. And so it's forced me to change, but for the better, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to ask one more question because usually we have always like founders or CEOs. So I wanted to ask you like from the people team, what's your perspective on the founders, like, what is the action that they make and you are grateful for them so they are close to the people or, like, I don't know, maybe do they join also these 4 p.m. walks or do they take coffees with you or these kind of things? <laughs> <laughs> Tricky question. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Um, but <laughs> maybe it's just me, I don't know. Um, I actually feel like I couldn't talk to to all the founders on a very reasonable so very open-minded mm -hmm. um having lunch with them having even a wine with them or you know even you know not a controversial discussion but you know being challenged by them but also share my perspective and i'm not afraid of it um i'm really not 
and I know sometimes we disagree and um, but I never was afraid so I always felt like I would belong I would be seen um, and I know that I, I'm not always right so yeah sometimes they join the the lunches mm -hmm. they join dinners they are very approachable um, to everyone seriously and not because I'm a director um, I think if somebody wants to have lunch with one of the founders or all of them they would say yeah time and, uh, time and place so cool <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> seriously uh -huh. okay maybe I can go for the last question so usually we make this to all of our guests Uh, it is like not singing. You are more than invited. But like, could you recommend or say like one book or source of learning that you usually use? Like maybe one each of you. Uh, it could be like a podcast, a book, a uh, author. Uh, I don't know, TV show, whatever that you usually keep track on to learn. TED Talk, <laughs> and especially Brittany Brown. And mm, um, uh, start with why, Sinek. Simon Sinek, yeah. Simon, Simon, yeah, that's Simon a big Sinek. Uh -huh. Start with why, why? and Brittany Brown How vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it's probably uh, the podcast called The Pitch, which is yeah. about startups that do pitches because it gives me an, an insight into what they have to think about whenever the investors are asking them questions. It makes me realize, like, oh, this is also important to them. Oh, this is what, why this is important to them for this specific reason. So I think that's a good one. Um, but then also understanding and having the mindset of, like, how can I always improve our process or make it easier for me so I can continue to deliver more? And so I'm always watching YouTube videos on, like, process improvements, uh, LinkedIn learnings, which I knew <laughs> needed to do a better job of getting on that. Um, But then also knowing that I've done this before and I can do it again. So in being okay with the uh, unknown and telling myself that just because I don't know what to do next doesn't mean that it's not unsolvable. I can solve it. We just need to figure it out together and knowing that my team is there for me. So podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn Learning, and my team. Sorry to jump in, but this is actually something I really would like to encourage every candidate who's checking our website um, because with 15 years experience I know that when you see a job description you are the best source to destroy yourself and oh my god I can't have it all and maybe I'm not the right fit I would always encourage go for it okay mm. um, because you only can get a no when you ask and don't don't try to say I'm not good enough so because We, we, we are looking for specific skill sets um, in a specific location. Um, I know that. But I would encourage everyone, if you are curious, have a coffee chat with Tony. You can schedule it online and you can have a private chat and you don't have to type maybe a question. You can ask. But ask, not just decide for yourself and know. I would really, that would be great. That's how I, I learned how to ask questions. <laughs> 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 Maybe Amy and Jack, could you say which is your best learning source? I hope it's not too old fashioned. Okay. Newsletter and newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, no one said that. At least it's original. Right? That's original, yeah. Uh, for me, I observe my colleagues, I observe everyone else. I look, now I've been actively looking at LinkedIn. And this is going to sound a bit. LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I, 
not not recently, but after joining, <laughs> after joining, I started like uh, more focused in my career. Yeah. Do you want to leave? This is going to be a bit controversial, but I also believe that Reddit helps because yeah. it gives lots of real person perspective. Also, there may be some trolls, but uh, to be able to filter that out also helps. But it helps me to learn what I can do, why some people are complaining, what other people are commenting about such issues. And that's also been very helpful for me, although it's not an official um, news article or a book. But I also believe it's really, really important to hear, read comments and actual person's uh, feedback and uh, their reality. Mm-hmm. Yes, source of learning, boss select channel. <laughs> All the links he shares. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. our boss is. That's li- what uh, you mean with newsletter, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Can't okay. say. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Well, thank you so much, Jack, Cindy, Amy, and Tony. It was a really, really nice talk. I hope that it wasn't too expensive for your company <laughs> for the four of you to be here for such a long time. No, but good. yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you, you for inviting much. us. We really appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye bye.